Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome into another edition of Final Whistle. You know who it is. It's Blaine Spencer, your host. I got a co-host with me today. I've got Joseph Papandrea, Seton Hall Athletics, former St. John's Athletics as well. We're going to be talking some March Madness, but there was some big news that broke instead. And he's also a diehard Houston fan. So we're going to be talking some Texans and some Cardinals today too. Paps, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Blaine. Uh, but yeah, don't, don't even tell people that I'm a diehard Houston fan. It, that city, oh, well, well, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll dive into all the great players who they once had. I, I, I don't want to lie to my fan base, you know? <laughs> well, let's, let's start with the breaking news that ended up coming into place yesterday. J.J. Watt, source himself. Yeah, everyone was trying to figure out in the media where he was going to go, like Green Bay, Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Nobody saw it coming. He chose the Arizona Cardinals. And if you guys haven't been following me at all, I made this prediction. I've been hyping myself up this ever, ever since this broke. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins reached out to him on Twitter a couple weeks ago. He said, let's finish what we started. And J.J. Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal. Two years, $31 million, 23 of the million guaranteed. And let's make it pretty simple. This was the offer, the biggest offer he had received from any of the teams. And money ended up playing more of a factor than we thought. We thought it was going to be more about what, trying to bring in a ring for, for himself. But instead, he ended up going to Arizona, which is a team that is on the rise. And we're going to dive into the Arizona Cardinals roster. But, Paps, what was your initial reaction? J.J. Watt, one of your heroes. I know you've got a bunch of J.J. Watt uniforms. Just go through yeah, it. Uh no, definitely not. The Cardinals was not my initial pick for him. Uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe he wanted to go play the back end of his career with uh, his two younger brothers, um, you know, uh, Derek and TJ in, out in Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, I think he wanted to stay away from that, you know, not get lost in that family connection there and wanted to kind of do it on his own, go to a different contender. Uh, Steelers, we don't know what to come with Big Ben uh, from what we've heard I think they are going to keep him another year so um, I think he just wanted to go with a younger quarterback who uh, now has some experience in Kyler Murray and you know that offense with DeAndre Hopkins now is on the rise and they're definitely a contender just missed the playoffs last year uh, by a game or two I think it was one loss that kept them uh, from making the wild card game so yeah this um was a surprise for me, but not when you look at why the reasons that he went there, you know, he's familiar with the defensive coordinator who um, once worked as um, on the Texan side of the defense, Vance jo Joseph, um, you know, and then like we said, the players he gets to play with on defense Chandler Jones. Now the question is who, who do you double uh, on that defense? Do you double JJ or do you uh, double uh, Jones? So, you know, this is a big question, and I'm very excited to see what that defense is going to do. I know we also uh, talked about Buda Baker um, and if they're going to bring back other players um, on that defense, if they're going to bring back uh, Reddick. So, you know, that defense is pretty much stacked um, on all ends. For sure. And I think for Arizona's speaking point, if you beat, it was, it came down to week 17. It was them or the Chicago bears. They had their opportunity. All they had to do was beat 
the Los Angeles Rams with John Wolford, a quarterback. Unfortunately, Kyler ended up getting hurt in that game and didn't come back till late in the fourth quarter as more of a desperation attempt. But this offense is legit. You have weapons all across the field. You have Kenjin Drake in the backfield. You have Chase Edmonds in the backfield. Hopkins, as we've already mentioned, you got Christian Kirk. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson, not the Keyshawn Johnson that wore the, the stud wide receiver, but a, a young wide receiver, Keyshawn Johnson. Fitzgerald, he's going to probably be coming back now. He ain't retiring anytime soon because he knows they've got, a, they've got a couple of years now to actually make a run at a title. The NFC West is absolutely stacked now. But, yeah, you mentioned it, Patrick. If they bring back Hassan Reddick, you can move J.J. Watt to all four positions of that defensive line. You could do almost like what the New York Giants did in 2007 with the DN pass rush, just like the speed rush ability, moving JJ inside and then Hassan and Chandler Jones on the outside. You have Isaiah Simmons, who finally come into his own that as a rookie last year, late in the season. He He's a do-it-all. You can play him at any position you want, basically, based off his crazy athleticism. Then if you bring back Patrick Peterson, you have – Byron Murphy as well. I mean, the team is really coming together, the Arizona Cardinals, real quick. But there's this crazy stat. Since 2012, one and two in sacks, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. So just eh, – I know J.J. Watt hasn't been healthy as much as you would like, but he's still – you have now the top two pass rushers since 2012 sack-wise. Absolutely scary that these Arizona Cardinals are going to be. Absolutely. And – not only that, another uh, reason why they say J.J. Watt picked the Cardinals, they do get to play the Texans every four years. But in 2021, the Arizona Cardinals will play the Texans, and I know J.J. is looking for revenge there. Lock him up for four and a half sacks. <laughs> Lock him up for four and a half sacks. He's in for a monster day against the Houston Texans. But I think more than anything, how deep is the NFC West now? I think the adding that seventh playoff team has now just ensured that the NFC West could potentially have all four teams in the playoffs, especially if the 49ers can come back healthy. Then you have Russell Wilson. You have Matthew Stafford now on the Rams. Like this division is absolutely scary. It's not even close that they're the best division in football now. Like, What's your overall take what the NFC West is going to look like? Those division games are going to be nuts to watch. Yeah, that that has to be the toughest division now in football, uh, especially if Russell Wilson stays with the Seahawks. The Rams now have Stafford. Uh, Cardinals, obviously, Kyler Murray. And 49ers, if Garoppolo is healthy, we've seen him make it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if as long as they come back healthier than ever – that's going to be one of the toughest divisions um, to win, uh, especially in the N NFC. What do you think of the Cardinals? Does this put them into a dark horse spot in the, out of the NFC now? Definitely a wild card. Uh, you know, I think the few missing pieces were a few on defense. You know, if they get one more offensive weapon uh, in the draft, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a lock in the wild card. The, they were only one game, like we said, um, and Kyler did go out. So if he never went out and they win that game, they're, they're a wild card team. Yeah, I think this it's going to be must-see television, the NFC West, whenever they're having a divisional matchup. But for me, I mean, this kind of hurts my guesses because I had Deshaun Watson if he's able to potentially get out of Houston. I know it's a touch, touchy subject for you. 
but uh, I had him actually going to San Francisco. I think that's kind of kind of been washed off of the table now with how insane the NFC West is kind of now folded together. If you're going to be going against JJ Watt, uh, Aaron Donald, like the list goes on about how many different pass rushers you'd be going against. But um, there's been, there's a little bit of a curse that we were kind of calling it, so to speak, for the for the city of Houston. Paps, I know you brought up this crazy stat and uh, numbers that you found this that you found this morning before we got onto your live. So why don't you run through that for us? Yeah. So you know, in the past year, the city of Houston uh, across all their sports have lost J.J. Watt, Garrett Cole, George Springer. Russell Westbrook, DeAndre Hopkins, and James Harden. All superstars in Houston, all gone. J.J. Watt now on the Arizona Cardinals. Garrett Cole on the New York Yankees. Springer signing with uh, the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Uh, Russell, we- we- Russell Westbrook in D.C. now. Hopkins now teammates with J.J. Watt reuniting on the Cardinals. James Harden obviously in Brooklyn now. So absolutely, I, I don't know absurd. what it is about Houston. And let's not forget, Watson is definitely on the outs uh, once Houston, you know, figures it out and finally realizes that they got to let him go. And that's not all. I mean, you I mean, they trade part of the James Harden deal. You brought in Victor Oladipo and like Victor Oladipo already turned down his two two year, forty five million dollar extension. It sounds like they're not going to be compromising either now. So it looks like Oladipo is now coming out. He's in the last year of his deal. They're going to be moving him now, probably. Like, there, I don't know what it is. Do you think there's just something that's – is there an aura around the city of Houston right now, or do you think it's organizational-wise? What is it? Uh, to be honest, I think it's really um, the organizations. All those teams were, you know, playoff championship-caliber teams. When you look at it, the the Rockets who've missed out in the playoffs multiple times, uh, the Astros who have won a World Series and then you know made the playoffs numerous times, Texans making the playoffs numerous times, winning their division numerous times. But besides the Astros, no other championships around that. And you know players don't want to stick around if you're not going to win championships. Not not to forget that Demarcus Cousins who was just released by the Rockets. So. Yeah, you know, right. t- you know, these players want to win a championship before, you know, they hit that age. So um, I think it's just uh, organizational standpoint that they're not uh, in the right mindset to win championships right now. I think it's all going to be rebuilding from here. Yeah. And I, I think also all of those organizations, all three teams in Houston have gone through their little bit own scandal in the past couple of years too. It's not like, I mean, Houston Astros themselves about the stealing signs. I mean, the Rockets with the whole D'Antoni situation and then with trying to figure out James Harden as well as the, uh, I think it was Daryl Morey with his comments about China. He's not even, I think that's a big thing too. Daryl Morey, he's gone the GM. Like I think the whole team, like all the teams, you're right. They're all now in a different mindset than what the superstars want. They're all in rebuilds. How can we forget the Bill O'Brien Bill era? O'Brien, exactly. Bill, Bill O'Brien with DeAndre Hopkins, that whole situation. I mean, Bill O'Brien's been in several scandals, I think, for the Texans. But that's like the one that really brings out what you, you to your mind. But still, I think that everything that the, it, you're right, it's a mindset standpoint. 
the superstars are looking for championship win now scenarios while the teams are like, Hey, we're going to need a couple more years till we make that run. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in this league. He ain't messing around mm-hmm. to freaking waste three years of his prime to be doing some damn rebuild. So, and like same thing goes for, I think, I mean, Oladipo, I'm, Oladipo is more surprising to me than Watson because Oladipo is coming off of a, gruesome quad injury last year that took him out basically the entire season and you turn down 45 million dollars there is something that we don't know that's happening in that organization that they're just not seeing eye to eye or whatnot but the city of houston isn't is burning quick so for so paps where what's your destination now for deshaun watson where do you see it i know we didn't get to mention it last time you were on so Right. So originally, you know, when all this news came out, um, tears falling from eyes, um, especially seeing Jets come up, you know, I thought the New York Jets were the, th- the dumpster fire of the NFL. I have now transitioned to my own team being the dumpster fire, the Houston Texans, the dumpster fire of the NFL now. Um, but, you know, originally it was between the Jets uh, and the Miami Dolphins, just with the picks they have um, that they could potentially trade for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, with the rumors now shifting toward the Chicago Bears and the Panthers, whether the Texans want to check their voicemail and pick up the phone, uh, I think he he goes to the NFC somewhere. Probably if the Bears do it right and they offer the right amount, I could see him playing in Chicago or potentially the Panthers, but let's not forget the saints don't have a quarterback besides Jameis Winston. So they have no capital to give you. That's the problem. So, you know, but the saints as well are looking at Russell Wilson. That's if, if, if he goes, Um, but yeah, I think Chicago or the Panthers have the best, um, placement on getting Deshaun Watson unless the Jets or Miami sneak up there uh again I think I don't I hate to say it but I think the Bears are my team right now oh come on Deshaun Watson they passed on him he's he's gonna hold a grudge you know what let me go back my big sleeper you know right now the favorite is probably Chicago because they're going all in on him but my sleeper that I have read up on is if the Dallas Cowboys swap out Dak for Deshaun Watson, Cowboys are the sleeper. Stop talking right now. I will take you off of this podcast at any second. Cowboys with what gibberish is coming out of your mouth. Cowboys are the sleeper. If you're going to ask me, blame me. And I don't don't hate it. I think it's going to come down to the, it's going to come down to the three teams that he's approved, which is Miami, the Jets, and Carolina. I think Carolina is really interesting because you could get a lot from Carolina. Because I've, from what I've heard, they're willing to put McCaffrey in the deal. I mean, if you're willing to put up, give up three ones, McCaffrey too. Like, I mean, I understand Houston has had its struggles of trading for running backs with the whole David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins trade. You guys just released Duke Johnson this week as well. I mean, I don't know. I think Christian McCaffrey would be a great fit, but I don't know. If, I don't know how that will work out. But I think it's just going to come down to the Jets and the Dolphins because 
those are two teams that are in the same division. They both have all the draft capital. They're not going to have it next year. It's all this year's draft capital. And they, I think the te- Texans can get on the phone and, hey, give me your highest bid. What can you give me? Pin them against the t- two of each other. What, what, do you, what do you think about those? I know Chicago. I don't think Chicago just, just doesn't make sense because like, why would you, I think he, from what, if, if it's a trust thing with which is, which it is with the Houston, Texas organization, where's the trust in Chicago when Chicago traded up to take someone else in that draft class? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard multiple um, things that Chicago has reached out. The Texans just aren't picking up the phone. There's multiple teams out there that want to just get this deal done with Deshaun Watson. Um, another team that we didn't mention were the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are also another team that Deshaun had uh, put out that he would play for. So there's multiple teams out on the table. It's just whether Houston wants to pick up the phone, um, answer the calls, and whoever gives them the best offer. But even with Houston, we, we could see um, – even the best offer might, might not go their way, uh, especially when we go back to DeAndre Hopkins trade, getting uh, Johnson a second round and a fourth round pick. But that was all Bill O'Brien. We don't know what the case will be now um, with their new head coach. So I think all those teams we had mentioned are on the table. I wouldn't put anyone out, um, even if Deshaun says no to that team. Uh, all of them are going to make offers, but – the Dolphins and the Jets do have the most picks um, to offer and, and the QBs, uh, but please no Sam Darnold in Houston. I wouldn't, I, I would take Sam Darnold right now. I would take Darnold. I'd take Tua. I mean, Alex I mean, Smith is now out. I, I'll, take, I'll take McCaffrey. We haven't had a good running back since Arian Foster. So, I mean, you, you would have, a, you wouldn't have a good running back. You'd have arguably the best running back in football. Uh, <laughs> Top three running back. Minimum top three. You can't get – are you and are you in for the top spot? I mean, but I think more than anything, what we've learned is that the city of Houston has a curse. It's – and it's not just affecting one team. It's affecting all of the teams. Right. Yeah, so like, this, like I said, you know, all those teams are out there. It hasn't been narrowed down. Um Houston's just being stubborn about, you know, letting him go and like facing reality that, you know, they got to give him up at, at a point. He, if we get too far into this and there's no deal done, Deshaun Watson's not playing in 2021. He will sit out. Oh, he's got no problem with that for sure. Oh, no problem at all. He's made enough money. He's got the contract. So, you know, Houston better make a deal or they're going to get nothing for him. No doubt. And all I can say is 24 to zero is, is what really turned the page in the, in the, for the Houston Texans. That was everything looked great. And then everything has fallen apart rapidly. I'm just going to say this now city of Houston, the mayor, you better be calling some voodoo people to try and figure out what's going on with your sports teams. Otherwise no one's going to be coming to play there anytime soon. Houston's going to be in a championship drought. Oh, they might be turning into the city of Cleveland real quick. <laughs> Cause you know, even Chicago had the, those droughts too. Cleveland and Chicago. They're the, Houston's the next team up for the significant droughts in all of their sports teams at the mm-hmm. moment. 
Well, let's let's switch gears. It's March, baby. It's our time. Probably the arguably the greatest month of the year, sports wise. Oh, he's pointing at it. He's got a seat in hall. We're hall guys. Let's go. We're barely in. Somehow we're still in. We're taking Hang on it by a thread. Hanging on. Give us the if playing lose, game. If you hear heard us now, if we lose Wednesday, it's probably a wrap. So. <laughs> If you're listening, Kevin Willard, Sandra Mamukelis Vili, get the job done. Bryce Aiken might play. Did you hear about that? He's thinking about it. He's gonna try. I think that's the that's the key of the game. If he plays, um, you know, we should have a good game against UConn. So it's a must-win game. So he's got to be thinking, you know, uh, I gotta play. With oh, without sure. Bryce Aiken, they they just have not been they have playing no well. Score, they have no second scorer. Not at yeah. Not at all. And, you know. And you brought Aiken blocks. in to be that second score. He's one of the top scorers in Harvard history. So you brought him in to be that guy. And he just, I mean, he, the problem with him coming in was that he couldn't stay healthy. And what has happened this year? He hasn't stayed healthy. It's, it's unfortunate. But we're going to try something out here. We're going to be going through some of the scenarios. We're going to be looking at Joe Lenardi's bracket. Well, I am. I think Paps has Andy Katz's bracket up. But I'm going to hype up Joe Lenardi because if you didn't see yet on Friday, I interviewed Joe Lenardi. So go check that interview out. Definitely check that out. Had to, had to get that in there. But so we're going to, I'm going to be pulling up some of the teams that are on the bubble right now. And Paps, we're going to do a little little game here. And we're going to, I'm going to give you three or four different scenarios that could be the potential first four games for the bubble teams, not those 16 seed playing games, but for on the bubble. So this is Joe Lenardi. His last four buys right now, Louisville, UConn, VCU, Boise State. His last four in, Drake, Seton Hall, Xavier. Last team in is Georgia Tech. His first four out, Michigan State, Duke, Indiana, Utah State. And then the next four out, St. Louis, SMU, Syracuse, Memphis. And we all know how this works on the bubble now. That if basically if you go two and zero in a week, you're from out to in because usually everyone else is playing 500 basketball. So if you can go perfect one week, you usually jump yourself from outside the bubble, inside the bubble. So I'm gonna round off some teams, but let's go based off of the first bracket that has his last four his four in now, which is Drake versus Seton Hall, Xavier out of Georgia Tech. Paps, give me a rating. One out of ten, what do you think that those four games are? So it would be Drake versus Seton Hall and Xavier versus Georgia Tech. Give me a rating out of ten. Love the Seton Hall matchup against Drake, and then you said Xavier against? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is the last team in the field right now. Absolutely love it. Two Big East teams, uh, Xavier beating Creighton a few days ago. Uh, So, you know, they could sneak in there. Obviously, you know, we'd love to see Seton Hall get in. Just the way they're playing – that's a tough game against Drake, but um, former Seton Hall transfer is their big man. A little man. bit of a little bit of redemption game if that game ends up happening. Those, give me a rating. Those, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I was gonna go seven. Okay. Seven out of ten. Um, just because I like those big East teams, they're good matchups. Um, especially the Seton Hall Drake game, you know. Um, obviously you gotta go for Hall, but Drake's a tough team. So it'll be no a good doubt. game. They're legit this year out of the MVC. That's a conference that they're hoping they can get Drake in as that second team because Loyola Chicago looks scary at the moment. But all right, let's jump to our next one. 
All right, so this is the next scenario that I'm going to give you. So the first four games would be Louisville versus UConn. And then the second game would be Utah State versus St. Louis. Give me a rating there. What do you think? I'm going to go a little higher on this one. I'll give that an 8 out of 10. You know. Ooh, ooh, an 8. Okay. U- UConn, ever since – joining the big East, uh, you know, they've, they've proved themselves. They've, they've played pretty well. You know, they had a few issues with COVID, so a slow start for them, but I think they're another big East team that um, sneaks in there and plays well. Um, And you said they would play. So UConn Louisville, that's, that's a game. Yeah. That's a game to watch. Yeah. That, you know, that's better than the Seton Hall Drake matchup. That, that game alone makes the first four. And then the second game, would would have been, I said Utah State St. Louis, which I th- that's that's an that's a it's an okay matchup. It's not great. I would probably give the rating. I would probably go a little lower here just because of the balancing of the two games. Because Louisville UConn, that's a ten. Yeah, like that game's a ten out of ten. That's much CTV. I don't. I mean, James Book Knight is cool. absolutely insane for the for the Huskies and. They're unstoppable when he's able to play on the court. He's just he's been injured this year. But I get, again, the St. Louis Utah State game. I mean, I'm out here in Utah, uh, Idaho, just a couple hours north of Ogden, Utah, where Utah State plays. So I know I've been watching a lot of their games. They got some scores. I know Sam Merrill's not there anymore, who was a superstar last year for them, but they're decent. So I would probably I'm going to go a six point five out of ten. Just because I, that Utah State St. Louis matchup, I know it's two non-power five schools that it just they're they're both defensive. The game won't be as high scoring as you think, but that Louisville UConn matchup must see right. That, that's what raised it for me. That that's a matchup to see. All right, so let's let's do another one. I think this I'm actually enjoying this this little game that we're playing. All right, so here's we'll do we'll do two more. So the third one we're gonna have. Uh, all right, so Xavier versus Seton Hall. And then it's going to be Memphis versus Indiana. So Xavier, Seton Hall, and Memphis versus Indiana. What we got there? That's a little low. That's, go. that's pretty low for me, honestly. That's a low one. Uh, I would go like 7.2. Uh, I love a good Big East matchup. Uh, okay. uh, I don't like the matchup for Seton Hall against Xavier. Z- Xavier's been playing extremely well. Um, and the way Seton Hall's been playing, you know, I think I think Xavier just absolutely destroys them to get in. Um, and then Indiana and... Indiana versus Memphis. You know, not another... Two, two teams have, who have tournament experience uh, that would be another good game i like indiana in that game um but love the biggies matchup but yeah i'm gonna go in between so i've gone six and a half seven and a half this is a seven for me i'll split it again seton hall xavier biggies matchup love that always love when we get the get our seton hall in the tournament though too uh, a little bias not, not in a playing play game situation though Just yeah get right in. we don't we don't want the playing but at this point in the stage We'll take what we can get because we're flirting with the bubble in the first place. That's what happens when we have just barely – our only quad one win is UConn, so. 
<laughs> that's that's another story. But then again, the Indiana Memphis game, a lot of history between those two programs for them being in the tournament. They haven't neither team has really made a lot of noise recently. But again, so I go seven, seven out of ten. I think both of those games are interestingly intriguing. All right. So I've been saving this crazy one for last. And I past and I we talked about this one because I was doing this. It's a, I'm going through a randomizer, and these are the four scenarios that popped up. All right, you ready, people? Michigan State versus Duke, Indiana versus Syracuse. That is absolutely nuts that you could have that in the first four. That would make the NCAA tournament worth it the whole at all. Just those two games. You would have Shiseski, Izzo, Beheim, the three arguably of the greatest coaches ever. And then you would have this pristine history that is Indiana basketball. In, and the game is in the state of Indiana, and the tournament's in the state of Indiana this year. Like, that's not even all. That's all. I was, if you go higher than 10, it'd be like a 12, but 10 out of 10 for me. Like, those two, like, if that happens, like, the tournament, it, there's going to be no disappointments in this NCAA tournament whatsoever. Especially for a playing game. Like, that's something you just don't see, you know, just absolutely insane. Um, Duke, Michigan State, both teams we wouldn't even think that we'd be seeing them outside to playing in, but to get that before the tournament even starts easily 10 out of 10. Uh, if we get that game, uh, that's something to watch. Yeah. All right, Paps, I'm going to throw you a cur- uh, on the spot here. If you had to decide you're, if you're Joe Lenardi or Andy Katz or any of those bracketologists, who are your four teams in? <sighs> Oof. All right. Are you going to go Homer and go Hall? Or are you going to leave Hall on the outside? I, I'm going to put the Hall in. I'm going to have all my trust in them. They're going to beat okay. UConn tomorrow. They're going to beat them Wednesday night. Tune in. They're, they're going to get in. Um, We're really hyping up this UConn scene all match. <laughs> not, yeah. Definitely. It's a must watch. It, it's, it's, go, it's, literally win it's basically or go a home. playing game for these two teams yeah winner winner go home um so i'm gonna put i'm gonna go with the hall i'm gonna put them in i'm gonna go michigan state just the way they've been playing um as long as they don't gotta play duke uh, i'll stick duke in there um one more team uh i'll go indiana <laughs> that's a great four of some great games duke indiana michigan state hall Woo! sign me up yeah uh i'll go with those four um you know as long as michigan state keeps playing the way they're playing i don't see them not getting in uh that would be my top uh duke uh as well you know they're the number two for me indiana at three and then seton hall four as the last team in yeah all right all right, so my four. As, I long like as, they win. as long as they win. They got to win, and I'm banking on them winning. Good thing we're recording the podcast on a Tuesday because if this was Thursday, we could be either really hyped or really bummed. <laughs> so don't, take, right. don't take my word for that. Don't go betting on those four teams. Yeah, don't bet on those Terrible four teams. Luck. We're, not, we're not that big of a bracketology oh. experts, but I'm going to give you my four. All right, so Seton Hall is actually going to be out for me. Oof. Uh, I hate to say it because I think just that lost to St. John's at the end of the season. 
Is that what you're thinking? Pretend, yeah, honestly, I think the Johnnies could. It's in, isn't it at St. John's on Saturday too? Or are we hosting? I don't know. It, that's that's the definition of a trap oh, game. At, at St. John's, we played them. At St. John's, yeah, that's a trap game and a half. Yeah, especially St. with St. John's now mathematically eliminated. Like, who they're gonna want to play spoiler? St. John's plays phenomenal at home. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. From experience. Yeah, <laughs> Just so I, I have Seton Hall on the outside looking in. I think they're going to be either the first or second team out. So I'm going to put – I like Michigan State and Duke. I'm putting them in. I just – I trust Izzo and Krzyzewski, even though there's, they're, both of their teams are down this year. Michigan State, Duke. I think Boise State's going to fall fall out. So Boise State will move to, will move to the th- move into the last four in because they are our last four by team at the moment. And then I'm going to move in. I'm going to leave Georgia Tech in there. I think Georgia Tech, Josh Passner has them playing really good ball. I think Georgia Tech's going to stay in. So my first four matchups are going to be uh, – it's going to be Duke-Michigan State. you got to set up that game because it's the only reason the, the game will – the NCAA tournament will actually be willing to watch those first four games. And I think the second game will be Boise State-Georgia Tech. And again, I'm from Idaho. I've been watching a lot of Boise State right now as well. Like Boise State's got a couple guards that can put score the ball. And Josh Passner's Georgia Tech team, they know how to play defense. They struggle to score, but that's why they're rolling right now. Their defense is humming. And humming because of the yellow jacket tag. <laughs> Sorry. I, had to <laughs> I geeked for a second. But um but yeah, I think those first four games, I would probably give it an eight out of 10 just because of how great the Michigan State Duke matchup would be. But I think Boise State, they're, uh, they're in right now easily, but I think they're going to slip up because you're going to have Utah State, Colorado State. That Mountain West this year is a lot better than people think. You have U- San Diego State's absolutely legit as always. And you have Boise State, Utah State, and Colorado State. All three of those teams are on the bubble right now. And you're only going to probably get one more of them in because they're going to all beat up on each other in those semifinal final matchups. And I think Boise state ends up losing to San Diego state in the final. So Boise state will be that last team in against Georgia tech. Cause I think Georgia tech has an opportunity with the ACC down to really make a good push. So those are my four. Not, not too shabby, right? Le- leaving the hole out, but Just, you know, I, I, ha- I didn't it's want to tough. be at home, or I couldn't take it. I'm begging for Seton Hall to be in the tournament. I'm begging here. <laughs> it's tough. I'm 50-50 on this game on Wednesday. If Bryce Aiken plays, it's still 50-50. Yeah. And we're, we're hanging on by a thread. But, Blaine, you threw me a curveball, and I'm looking at this bracket now. The bracket, um, you know, it, it's out. The new bracket, Andy Katz prediction uh, for this year's tournament. So, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Who is your final four right now? Oh, God. early, early final right four. now, right now, early final. I don't want to. I don't want to give out my prediction right now. I mean, early, early, it it could change. Early final four. Who who you got? I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna beat Gonzaga. So I got Gonzaga in my final four. I got Gonzaga as my champions right now. Like they're just on a completely different level. I think this is a big game tonight for Baylor. They play West Virginia tonight on the road in Morgantown. You're going to really see. I know Baylor has been coming off of multiple COVID pauses now, and they really struggled at at Kansas this past weekend. So I think that's a big statement game for them. 
but I'm going to go George, uh, sorry, Gonzaga. Then I'm going to, oh, I got to pull it up here. Gonzaga's my one. So that's out of region one based off of Lenardi. So that eliminates a bunch of teams. I love the Illini. I really do. Io Desumu, absolute superstar. They have three guards that can really put this, put the ball in the hole. So I'm going to go Illinois is my second team. Yeah, because out of that you bracket. Love was, you love the one. I'm you going two one. ones. I'm not going a one, though, the rest of the way. Those are my two all right, ones. All right. I have Baylor out, actually. Baylor's going to lose. Um, let's see in this bracket. I am going to throw a real curveball here and go with Florida State out of Region 3 because the top five seeds are Baylor, Ohio State, Florida State, Arkansas, Creighton. That's a, re- that's a really open bracket based off of what I'm looking at Lenardi right now. So this is all contemporary. I could be completely wrong because some of these teams could be playing each other earlier on, but I'm going based off of Joe Lenardi's stuff. Then my fourth team, yeah, Michigan – West Virginia, and who's the three? Villanova, Virginia's the four, Oklahoma's the five, Wisconsin's the six. This is a really another open bracket here. I'm gonna I out of this bracket here as my other fourth and final team. I am gonna go with West Virginia. So I went with a two ones, a three, and a two. All right. What do you you gotta do it now? There's no, uh, there's no holding back. I know your bracket's going to probably be completely different. So yeah, a little different. I'm going with Andy Katz's. Um, I think, I think Iowa, uh, once they get rolling, I think they'll take down Gonzaga, get into the final. Oh, you four. have Iowa. I was in that bracket. Iowa. So I'm going to stick with oh, Iowa. Iowa is in the Gonzaga bracket. Okay. I, I just don't think Gonzaga's going to lose. I'm going to go with the two okay. Iowa. Um, let me take a look at the bottom left again, but I'm going to go Michigan from the top right, the one. Okay, so you're going to so, one there, all right. Um, I like Ohio State in the bottom right, but something You want to go another Big Ten team? Something tells me Villanova being in there, they could sneak in there, but I'm going to go lower end. I'm going to go with the four. I'll go with Purdue getting out of there wow that's a real surprise i'll go with i'll go with a surprise i'll go with purdue getting out of there um with ohio state and villanova and xavier they have xavier in there too again we are looking at two completely different brackets so our final fours are completely different when march madness releases their stuff we will have our legit final four picks these are just based off of what we're looking at right now so clear i got purdue Michigan, yeah, Purdue, Michigan, Iowa. Iowa. You, are, you already have two Big Ten teams. Who's the fourth? My last one. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Texas Tech at the four. Wow. Wait, Texas Tech's on the four line. You're... Texas Tech's at the four Texas line. Texas Tech's on the six line on my bracket. That's a, that's a really wide gap. That's there. a big difference. Maryland's the sixth. On yeah, Texas, nine. Texas, six right now on Lenardi. That's actually a lot bigger of a difference than I thought. That Texas, is a big difference. So you're going like Texas, Texas Tech. So what? What's your four? You got uh, I. We got Iowa, Michigan, Texas Tech, and then you went 
Purdue, right? That's your four. So two, two fours, a two, and a one. Dude, you win three four. Big Ten teams. You know that, right? Yeah. I love it. Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten is the best conference. Oh. It's not even close, but. Yeah, easily. Well, that's interesting. So that there's our fi- those are our final fours based off of com- two completely different brackets, people. So it's early. It's no early. shot. None of these. <laughs> this is going to be anything correct and, and accurate. They, but we're they just. Do- if they do, there better be some money coming in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's early. very early. So, real interesting stuff. I think we're so grateful that March Madness is now around the corner. I think this is great stuff that we're going to be looking forward to with conference tournaments starting up this week and then next week and then March Madness the week after that. Paps, I want to appreciate you for coming on Final Whistle. It's always a blast having you on. It's always great. That, thanks for having me again, Blaine. As always. Cool. Hey, everybody, we got some great content coming out this week that are going to be some surprises for you all. So be on the lookout for some more Final Whistle. As always, I'm Blaine Spencer. Enjoy your week, everybody.